Struggling to connect with buyers in an overcrowded, noisy sales landscape? Today's buyers want more than a spray and pray email blast. Launch a podcast and collaborate on content with people that matter most in your industry. Learn more at salesculture.work. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sales Culture Podcast. I'm Joe Lemon, and I hope you guys are doing great out there. But the reality of it is, even if you're not, man, you know, do what you can to try to get your your head out the mud, man. It's tough for a lot of people these days. Some people have been laid off. Some people are just in tough times. Some people are dealing with health issues. So there's life goes on in the middle of this craziness that we have. Hopefully you didn't watch the actual presidential debate that just went off. It was kind of a it was kind of a mess. <laughs> but I'll let the other politics talk, talk about that at a different time. Either way, you got to take care of yourself. And you know what? If you haven't done it already, please go check out what I'm doing over at salesculture.work. It's really for freelancers trying to press into this idea where I just think we got to do business differently. You know, it's risky because freelancing is in this it's in this crazy space right now. One, over in California, they have rules that are being passed mainly because, you know, Lyft and Uber, and that's where the whole conversation started, but it's evolved in something that's bigger and greater where they're trying to get rid of majority of freelancing and make most people w-2 employees man it, it really it murders me too to even think that that might be a possibility so you know i think freelancing is going to get through this and once it does it's going to be bigger and brighter because there's so much opportunity through freelancing that gives you freedom more opportunities and just you can really do the work that you really care about there's a couple things that need to happen Healthcare is a big play with that but i'll get into the other rants about that later <laughs> right now i want to press into my guest solomon Cutler. If you haven't checked out part one, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go back, check out part one because he killed it, man. He really got into just what it takes to effectively get into running a business. Now, Solomon is the guy that I'm looking up to, man. He's, he's the guy that cares about his family, also cares about growing his business. And so he's a triple-double type of guy. That's how I kind of view people that are bigger than just, a, you know, think bigger than just making a buck. So... Go check out part one. You can learn more about all of his serial entrepreneur endeavors. But now we're going to press into really what that mix looks like and the mindset and the attitudes and the skills that are necessary to make a lot of your dreams come true if you're entrepreneurial at all. But, you know, one of the things that we even touch on is freelancing is a great way to get into it. So shameless plugs in the very beginning of the opener, salescoach.work. Check out the freelance job board, mainly for sales consultants and business development folks. Of course, that's what we do, but I want, to, I want other people to be in this space. I think it's a great time to connect with creatives, innovators, and you're probably lacking a sales system. So go out and hire yourself someone that can help you out with that. You don't have to roll with us. You can work with other people. Go to check out sales culture job boards and it's for gig employment so you can get people on board with you part two is going to be all about really putting everything together being triple double mastering this mode of being on point for your family as well as being on point with your ambitions from a career aspect so without hesitation let's jump right back into today's conversation so what happens you get a lot of people that have drive passion mm -hmm. excitement yes. you know yes. ready to go hustle whatever oh, other yeah. third one throw in there and ambition like crazy right oh yeah but limited skills and it's sure. like man that ain't worth nothing <laughs> like like Ooh. i can't sell your ambition bro <laughs> like, exactly right, right, right. It, doesn't have, it don't have a street value that you think it does <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. don't have a street value but but the thing is is that a lot of times people's ambition uh growth 
and entrepreneurship grows for different reasons. Yeah. I'm mad at my boss. I can do just as good as a job he can do. Mm. So now I'm going to open up one. But that's the wrong reason because you have to be able to do something for a long time to prove what your value is because you still got to grow your customer base. And if you have no customers, and so you do have the skill, but then you still need to market to your target market, and then you still need to acquire customers to buy your goods first. So still, just being mad and saying, I'm going to go do it on my own, it's not enough. You got to have more than ambition, more than drive, more than hustle. You got to have skill set. You have the tools that you've acquired and this career capital, meaning that you've done something for a certain period of time that now it creates a value that mm. someone is willing to pay you for. Because we might think we're worth $500 an hour, but when you go out there as a subcontractor or as an independent contractor, you say, this is what I have, they might think you're only worth $125 an hour. Mm -hmm. Now you got a whole new ball game you got to deal with. Mm -hmm. And you got a lot more expenses that you had once you're working as an employee. And that's the difference. Man, major points, man. I mean, because, you know, I got this big belief that this is a great time for people to really test their actual, you know, their actual business acumen by starting off with that, you know, freelancer type of role, independent uh -huh. contractor type of role, like before you just go jump into something, right? You know, or if you're laid off right now, furloughed, test it, uh -huh. see what you're capable of. The market's gonna keep it real with you, especially if you, especially if you get enough of those things lined up, so you can get a real a real nice sample size, man. I mean, but so let's kind of move back to how you kind of bring up entrepreneurs, because I know that you got some good things in the works, man. With with pretty much how you're challenging people to really grow, you have a whole program. It seems like things are kind yeah. of laid out for people, man. Yeah, but okay, for two things first. Once you said that, it's easy for people to get into business and to grow that role. Yeah, it's true. And because it's easy, it's also dangerous because mm -hmm. people will already be looking to where it is that they are, but they're not looking at what the cost is that they have to pay in order to get there. Mm -hmm. They don't have the they don't have the capacity to understand that check is not coming every two weeks. Mm -hmm. They don't have the capacity to understand is that you can't take food money, you can't take mortgage money and go on your vision. You have to bring that money from somewhere else. So you have to support your dream with the monies and income that you have saved up aside from the monies that you have inside the house. And a lot of times the problem comes within the families that we spoke about is because that people intertwine and, and mix that all together. And that causes confusion because if you're married, you got a wife, she 100% in on the vision. <laughs> and if she's only 40% in the vision, of course, you're still going to have to feed her the sunshine and the water and everything else until it starts to sprout. But until that point, you can't do it. If not, you're going to cause problems. And a lot of times people say, uh, you know, my wife won't do this or my wife don't support me. But listen, how about from her side and understanding that it's your vision. Build your vision with money that you save up. So the less you go out with your friends and you have these professional lunches and professional business, go out less that money to the side versus the taking money directly out of family money so there's family money and there's business money but we have to develop that business money in order to be able to want to do and not cause any conflict that's, that's where great. a lot of the strain and the struggle go in so it's easy but it's dangerous yeah man i mean i mean yeah you know um it's, it's really interesting I, 
I think it's Warren Buffett talks about this where he says that, you know, if everyone's moving one direction, right? Then that's the time that he normally zags the other way. And he's looking at that right. opportunity because it is so easy to get into like entrepreneurship right now. And it, and one would think, oh man, every, this is the wave. I can go do this. I'm next, <laughs> right? It's true. It's and true. Sure, it may be the case too, right? But with that, it's a process that people don't want to go through. So, you know, this whole journey and process for yourself, how to play out, man, because now you're in Hong Kong. I know you spent some time in like, in like, in like different um, continents man, out there, out. man. So, I mean, please educate hey, us it. on your whole growth journey a little bit too. Hey, I'll tell you this. Yes. First, let me say this. There's yes. nothing glorious about being an entrepreneur. There's nothing sexy about being an entrepreneur. If you want to go the hard route, entrepreneurialism, entrepreneurship is for you. Yeah. If you want to go a route with no friends, no support, and you're the only one watering that vision with sunshine and, and water, you're the only one. If you want rough times, if you want hardship, if you want anxiety, if you want to suffer, mm. entrepreneurship is for you. If you got the mental capacity to put up and continue and wake up every single day and then do it, when no one else supports you, entrepreneurship is for you. But if you don't and you consider that too much or you're only going to do it for a certain amount of time and give up, it was never for you in the first place. Wow. And the whole thing is that if that's the mindset you have, don't start. Stay where you are. Stay in your comfort zone. Do your 40 hours. Get your check. Stay in. No problem. But if you jump that fence and you go into entrepreneurship, and then say, this is the rarity you want to go, understand what's going. The upside to that is, of course, it is possible, but it's not easy. It takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication, a lot of discipline, uh, a lot of rejection, uh, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of intention, a lot of purpose, a lot of understanding what you're doing, a lot of being brought into a system and a place that you can incorporate what you do and learn how to do it better because yeah you might have been good back in the 80s mm -hmm. we in a whole new time zone right now and if that's the only skill set you have is from back then it's not gonna work today because technology is moving so fast that if you haven't even caught up to 2000 and now we're in 2000 well, now we're in 2020 you're really behind but that's another huge mistake that people make is they don't continue to upgrade their learning skills they don't continue to invest in themselves and that's the biggest that's the biggest thing out there people don't invest now to me please the trip from the states to the to home call <laughs> i gotta know man not easy about that not easy well you know it's a personal side to it because uh, it's also a little sad but you know it's got a great ending uh, my wife's mother had passed away and she was grieving and now for me, family is first. And for anybody that's a real entrepreneur, they have to be able to say that also, that family is first. And when her mother passed away, she wasn't doing well. And I'm man enough to be able to see that. And I'm human enough to understand that I need to do something in order to bring her back into the place of being whole that she can help and be a part of the family. So I pitched her with the idea. Like I said, I got a little bit of salesmanship. So I pitched her the idea, right hey, on. Let's move to Hong Kong. You got your father, you got your sister, you got a hundred aunts, a hundred uncles, you got some childhood friends to be back at home. Our first words was, don't play with me like that. I said, no, we could do it. So 
we ended up pulling up, coming to Hong Kong. I dropped them off here, and then I went back. Now, remind you, and when I was in the States, we had a very successful thing going. Uh, I was doing mortgage, mortgage, uh, mortgage banking, and also I was doing real estate. So what that means that I was doing both sides of the transaction. And I was getting sometimes 2% on the sale of a house, and I was getting a point and a half on the financing aspect of it. So on even given transaction, I could be making 50 to $60,000 on one transaction. Mm. And so over there where we are in San Diego, I mean, the houses are cheap. And so business was very good. And then I went back, I sold the house, sold the cars, sold the investment property, sold everything that was too big to bring to Hong Kong, which was pretty much everything. And I liquidated all the assets. The cars that I sold were Mercedes. I had two Mercedes. The first time I ever had a car that had zero, 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 zero miles on it was a Mercedes. And that was in 2008, I brought a brand new Mercedes. So at that time inside of the US, I was at the high pinnacle of success. In my, in my description, of physical attainment of different things. And those things, of course, are not important, but those things are a sense of accomplishment from someone who uh, grew up very poor, or someone who lived in a mission, or someone in high school who actually slept in cars and lived in low-end motels. To me, that was a huge accomplishment. Right. So, that's house, 4,000 square foot house, driveway. San Diego. Three-car garage, a pool and a jacuzzi in the backyard. All of it. I told my wife, we just leave, go to Hong Kong. And so that was the beginning of the journey to Hong Kong. And it was all because of my need, my desire to have a family. And understand growing up, there was no father. There was just a mother and three brothers. That's so a mother with four boys coming up. So the family was never whole and was never to the point to where it should be as we understand what family is because my father didn't understand the meaningfulness and the impact of what fatherhood would do to his children if he wasn't there. So he left the duty and the responsibility to my mother to be mother and father. So what I learned from him was, do everything opposite that he did and I'll be fine. <laughs> everything <laughs> that he did, do the opposite. So family's first. And so that initiated the journey to Hong Kong. And let me tell you, Hong Kong is different than San Diego. <laughs> I can imagine. It ain't nothing like. So, of course, the majority of the population here is uh, Chinese. And uh, I didn't speak the language. And now I could maybe string a few words together that people might understand what I'm saying. But it's nothing like being a native here and being able to speak the language. So once we got here, initially I was in China for two years because I was setting up some import relations. And the only way to understand the culture and understand what the value you bring to a relationship to someone who's dealing with a foreigner is to be right there among them. So I lived on the first two years when we lived here, the majority of the time I was in China. I didn't speak the language. I had an understanding of the culture, but I didn't have a knowledge of the culture. And I understood how they did business. So the whole point there was to establish meaningful, long-term relationships that I have. And so that basically gave me an opportunity to reach out to individuals that were in the United States, Mexico, Kenya, and South America 
let them know the type of partners that I had and what we could do with business. And so that was the import-export time. As I became more familiar, more custom, and more aware of what was going on, it opened up other avenues and more opportunities. Because a lot of times, like we had spoken about before, is that opportunity, it doesn't always knock when it's convenient. Opportunity knocks. And because you're in that place and you're in that position to be able to open a door, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean you're ready and you can actually do it. So the whole thing is, is I made sure that when opportunity presented itself to me, that I was ready. And then the next opportunity to open up was the uh, import of beef from Mexico. You say, how do you live in Hong Kong? And then you end up attempting to uh, import or export beef from Mexico to other parts of the country. You have to be in the right place at the right time. And you have to be prepared for the opportunity that's presented in front of you. There's opportunity to come. But if you're not prepared, but you're in the right place, you'll miss it. So that would have been the majority of what I always attempt to do. I try to always make sure I'm in the right place at the right time and I'm prepared for the opportunity when it presents itself. And so that started the beef, um, the beef exporting from Mexico to different portions of the world. The next part, did you want me to go ahead more? Please, please. Well, well, so you know what? I got like a couple really quick uh, thoughts and maybe comments about about how how this this uh, business model that you have now with exporting from other countries is evolving right because you're, you're obviously in Hong Kong and for those who don't know that's a very heavy trade area right I mean like I mean because well, that's kind of like that's kind of like the whole gateway from Asia to like out to the rest of the world so it's a very strategic place for you to operate um, you, you know but how is it though uh, for one being probably one of the only few black men walking through <laughs> Hong Kong. And then two, working with other countries, I mean, having those relationships. I mean, has it been a nice bridge? I mean, because I'd imagine there probably aren't a lot of guys like yourself out there that can kind of, you know, give that give that type of um, transfer over. But you know what? It depends on who you are, how you value yourself, mm. and what you believe you have to offer. Mm. And so if we hold ourselves in a certain level of value, people will treat you like what you're worth. Right on. So if you don't have a high value and you don't carry yourself a certain way, then people will choose your value and they will treat you according to the value that they put on you. But with me, I carry myself a certain way and I have a certain value. So they will already have an ideal of how to approach me. And when you talk about being black in Hong Kong, of course, that's very different. Yeah. I mean, there's some other brothers that's here and I, I, everybody has their different way of how they do things. And I'll put it to you like this. Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find. And that's the same thing in the U.S. If you're looking for individuals that's going to give you trouble, you'll find them. Always. If you're looking for racism, well, whether you look for that or not, you're going to find that. <laughs> but if you're, looking, <laughs> if you're looking for friendly people, you're going to find them. If you're looking to be a guide to somebody, you're gonna find them. If you're looking to be a mentor to somebody, you're gonna find them. If you're looking to be helpful to somebody, you're gonna find it. If you're looking to big brother somebody, you're gonna find it. Whatever you look for, you're gonna find. For me, I don't speak the language well, and I can just put words together, but I can tell you this, is that people can tell once they meet me, if we're in that setting for business, when it comes to business, it's for real. So that means that they know I'm not gonna blow smoke. And a lot of times you have people that say they can produce and they can do things, but they can't. 
know, they say, hey, I'm looking for somebody who can bring beef that's qualified to go to China, which means that it cannot be through the hormone process that normal beef is going through. But if you're not up on your game and understanding the different mechanics that go behind shipping beef from Mexico to China, you wouldn't know. And that means that you could start this huge deal up, but it'll go nowhere. And then people will learn that about you and that'll be part of your track record. And you won't go nowhere. And you, you know what, um, hands down, that's one of the biggest things, especially in, in business period, but international business, I mean, it's one of the biggest concerns as a person that has done some importing from other countries. And, and it's like, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, like, and you're talking over email, you might do it like a WhatsApp every once in a while. I do a lot of Zooms and such, but, but it's like, I mean, trust is just like, I but hope you, they're not, I hope they're not getting out of me, you know, like. It's true. Yeah, it's yeah. True if you don't know and that relationship hasn't been built right you're talking to somebody through whatsapp or you're talking through email and you're paying them or you wired them money or you put money in that trust or escort account right there's no relationship when it gets to your front door it just might be a box of rocks how do you know yep how do you know and so when you talk about the relationship and the trust that's something that has to be built or you have to have an intermediary person like me to inspect your goods ensure your goods quality check your goods and make sure you get to them they're going to get exactly what you ordered and that's a lot of times when people are starting business and they're trying to grow to that larger picture of being able to export export different things and take advantage of the small prices of things inside of china without mm-hmm. understanding the knowledge or the background or the understanding of putting money in the escrow account and it's released once you see the pay bill and the way bill is stated what it is that's been shipped but sometimes those little small things will be the glitches and the lack of understanding and you get product that's not what you ordered and sometimes several thousand dollars. 100% man, I mean, man, and, and, and you can watch, I mean, if anybody goes to YouTube and you just want to learn more about this, all you got to do is type in some import and like export, you know, any country really. I mean, yep. and, and there's an amount of scams and things that just show up that just go negative from not understanding that little piece that you just brought about. Because I've wired money to people before, unfortunately, and trying to get yep. those samples. And the samples yep. weren't, weren't what I thought. And I mean, so that's a key detail to being ready to actually move forward in business, right? Like that little it's detail true. can make or break the actual, the whole transaction. And it's normally true. for a lot of these young guys like myself coming up is that you're relying on this one or two transactions to really propel you into this other cycle of things happening for you, right? It's and true. If, that, if that first deal goes negative, I mean, you could be out the game. <laughs> you could be out it's the true. Game. Grand opening, I mean, grand closing, you know, right? <laughs> a, few, a few thousand dollars, you know? How many yeah. times do you throw away a few thousand dollars? But right. the whole thing is becoming acclimated as far as the process, understanding uh, not just who you can trust, but how do you trust? Right. I believe everything what you say, but show me the proof. Show me the way bill. Show me that it's been processed. We can release payment. Because yeah. if you don't do that little part, that way bill, you've never seen it and you haven't got to receive a copy of it. How you know what's coming to you? You don't. But the whole part of being here is that I'm close enough. They can say, hey, yeah, I'm over here in San Francisco. Send my product to Hong Kong. That's what my Q&A advisor is. They'd be like, Hong Kong? You know somebody in Hong Kong? I do. And he goes to China often. We'll get that right to you. And guess what? It'll be exactly what you ordered. But a lot of times people try to jump over 
a middleman because they don't have that established trust. But once you have that established trust and you're buying something from China or you're buying something from Thailand or Singapore or one of these Asian countries, and you say, go ahead and ship it to Hong Kong first with the samples. And then you know it's coming here and then they know you have someone here that can go visit them for a large shipment mm -hmm. that you say. But Man. because it only costs what? A couple hundred dollars for me to go to Singapore, I'm there. And by me going there and spending a couple hundred dollars, I saved you maybe several thousand dollars. Dude, it makes too much sense. Best I, mean, the game. I mean, man, you know, it's the pieces of the puzzle, man, that that, that I think so many people um, choose to learn the hard way. It's true. You know, I mean, because like there is, I mean, now, maybe in the past, I mean, I, I can't really speak to how it was 20 years ago. Maybe it was much more harder to come across people like yourself or just, you know, content about how do you go about doing X, Y, Z. But now it's an abundance. I mean, like there is enough war stories. There's enough, yeah. you know, videos. There's enough blog posts where you can go educate yourself and there's people like you that are, have made themselves available to people that are that are interested man so why do you think people don't seek out information like Listen. i mean like i mean like real real insight yeah I'm curious the people that are like that first of all they don't trust themselves hmm. second of all if you don't trust yourself that you're making the best possible deal for yourself how you trust somebody else. Hmm. And the other thing is, I don't know if can I say this on the show or not, sometimes mm -hmm. we have a hard time trusting each other. So if you see somebody like me and you don't know me, the first thing you think, why is that brother in Hong Kong? Versus the saying, what's the story behind him getting there? Because it's not an easy story to come from growing up, living in missions and sleeping in cars and sleeping in motels. And now you're living in one of the second most expensive countries in the world that's a journey and so some people can realize that accept that understand that and see the value and the potential of, de of developing a relationship and other people think oh no i'm gonna do this on my own and, and i've and i've heard people say that i've wow. heard people say that i came to china because i wanted to figure something out but i'm already here i could save me that 16 hour flight go over there and see it and then report back to you and you spent what 500 bucks but then if you take a flight over here, you get hotel, you got a flight back and you don't know nothing because you came here without a sense of awareness of a culture, how they work and what the expectations are. You're going to go back with less than what you came. Man, you know what? So um, I'm actually doing this podcast from the hotel in um, La Jolla right here, like in uh, Torrey Pines. Right. So I I'm in your old is. backyard, man. Like, you know, and I, I can have a taste of what you're talking about when you say 4,000 square feet because that's not like what you get in like, you know, Texas or, you know, the middle of the country somewhere. Uh, <laughs> like, uh -huh. you, got, you got 4,000 square feet and like SoCal, you up to something, but you're in well, Hong Kong, it's even, you're up to even more. And so- whoa, whoa, whoa. It ain't 4,000 square feet in Hong Kong. <laughs> just the fact that you're there. Hey, look, man, look. <laughs> the fact that you're in the building means something in itself. And like, honestly, that, that whole exposure, to different cultures i can appreciate as a person because just the amount of growth that i mean just the amount of education through learning from others from being present in their culture it's, it's mind-blowing i mean like i haven't been a lot of places but a couple places that i have been i mean man the i mean as i look back and and, and really understand not just how we operate here in the u.s right. but how there's different thoughts of how people are doing it and not better or worse, whatever. I'm not trying to judge it. It's just that right. it's different. 
And I'm like, oh, I can see value in that as well. (laughs) You know? It's true. And so whenever you look at life and you start to bake in the family, the business, and just your personal growth and everything else, like having that extra exposure kind of has to blow it off to the roof, man. And um, I'm just always blown away that people that don't even want to entertain getting that type of insight from others, man. And I think what you said is spot on, bro. I mean, the fact that they're just caught up in and like not trusting themselves has to be the biggest piece of the puzzle. That's it, you know, because if I trust myself, I can explain my vision to you simply and you'll understand it. But right. if my vision is so big and it's so huge and it's so difficult for me to break down that you can understand it, then you don't understand your vision yourself. Because mm. you need to be able to communicate effectively what it is and how it is that you intend to make money. So at least someone can evaluate what your plan is. If you tell me what your plan is, I can tell you if you have an opportunity to make some money without knowing what your hard work, what your ethic is, what your discipline is, what your business acumen is. But if you just roll it out for me, I can tell you if you're gonna have a good opportunity of making some success or not. And then you can do your own research over the internet and say, what is it that the the world values this at? What is it that the market dictates that the value of this market is? And if you go just to that part, it's humbling because we might think we got the next big idea, but a lot of times, People think bigger than what they have the ability to accomplish. They think bigger than what they have the ability to accomplish. And it's nothing wrong with thinking big, mm-hmm. but take small steps getting there. <laughs> Man, so how do you feel about all this conversation? Everybody says you got to have these big, you know, audacious, hairy goals and all that other type of, you know, acronyms that people throw out there. Uh, I mean, I mean, man, um, I believe in thinking big too, but man, I, I almost, if you had to ask me, honestly, I believe more in, 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 in being actionable, you know, like, because, uh, but, but, but please, I, I don't want to talk about myself. I want to hear what you got to say about this, man, because okay, I want to Okay, when it comes to that, people talk about you know, being big and being audacious, but man, that's fine and good. But the other thing is, is that it needs to be achievable it has to be realistic and you have to have the capacity in order to do it so what it's big so what it's audacity but is it achievable for you Mm. is it a realistic goal and do you have the business acumen to achieve it and then the last small nuance do you have the money and the capital to do it talk about who's going to fund your dream and if your dream is this big you need to have equal amount of money So if you got a big vision, that's fine. But like I said, think big, but let that call to action be small. So it's within balance and you're able to actually accomplish what you're doing. Because so many times people go and they got the big vision and they go all in on the big vision without the research, without the knowledge, without the business document, without the marketing understanding, without the business understanding. And they take too big a risk and they lose a lot of money. And you can do that if you're young and you have it. You can't do that when you get older. And you definitely can't do that if you got a family. And that's a lot of times what brings in that conflict and that friction within the family because you got this big vision and you're working bigger than what your capabilities are. A lot of times, another thing is, is that people are intimidated to get somebody smarter than them because it's hmm. inferiority complex. I always look for somebody smarter than me. Always. Why? Because I can always find them. I'm not saying I'm the smartest person in the room, but I tell you, I can find the smartest person though. <laughs> and that's a that's an act of humility and understand, I don't know it all, but guess what? I got enough good common sense and understanding that what I don't know, 
I'm not going to wing it. I'm going to find somebody who has the understanding, find somebody who has the answer, and find somebody who has the ability that can mentor me to take me to the next level. I'm not going to say I don't know and just act like it don't exist. Oh, no. It's real. And that's a lot of times people don't have that humility to say, I don't know. And then go out and find somebody who can give them the right answer. Because that's what it's about. So what you don't know? Nobody knows everything. But that's the whole point of investing in humility so that you can get the right answer from the right person. But when you know everything, everybody's like, okay. Okay. And that's a, that's a problem. That's a problem. Man, you know, um, you got some bars here, man. I already got about four <laughs> or five hot takes that I'm be posting up on, on my LinkedIn from this, man, because um, investing in yourself, man, but, but knowing where to invest and having that humility to say, I don't know, and this yes. is where I can grow. And this yes. is where I want to go and be able to clearly articulate that. I think there is a disconnect there, right? As you're kind oh, of yeah. like, as you're really talking about that, it, it really makes me think people that struggle to clearly convey their message, uh-huh. I think is a, not so much a lack of that technical, I don't know what words to say, but uh-huh. in their mind, I think that there's a disconnect that I'm not sure if this is really achievable. I'm yeah. not sure if I really want to commit to this process, right? Uh-huh. Trying to grow to it. Um, but but you know what? I, I want to hear about where you're going, man, because I think it's going to help people out. I, I think what you're this whole this whole movement that we originally talked about, yeah. I think a big piece of the puzzle, man. So please, you got to educate the whole audience on on kind of what that growth process is, even with yourself and then others. Okay, so then when I talked about finding somebody smarter than yourself, and yeah. I said for me it's easy, yeah, but not just to find somebody smarter than you but find someone also that's smarter than you and also willing to help you. Mm. We have to be able to be right on target when we choose someone. When we And then the other thing is, is that we have to choose somebody that's out of our stratosphere. It's easy for me to go get somebody that's on my same level. Right. It's gonna take some difficulty, some work, some time, some effort, and some pure intention on being able to target who I wanna work with. Mm. Uh, over 10 years ago, I have my targets on Kevin Harrington. He was one of the original members of the Shark Tank. Right on. He was on my target over 10 years ago. Once we made the move to Hong Kong, that's seven years. Now he's in the US, I'm in Hong Kong. So the ability and the chances of us meeting up are now slimmer. But because I said that he's on my radar and I've targeted him from Shark Tank, and I might not get on Shark Tank, that does not eliminate my chances for our ability to still connect with him. So I'm always following him on, on on the website and then Google and find out what he's going on, where he's going and how he's doing things. And it just so happens he's coming to Hong Kong, April of 2019. I get a ticket to the event. He's been on my radar for over 10 years. I get a ticket, go to the event. Not because I was so ecstatic about attending the event, but because he was on my radar over 10 years ago. And just because I moved and I didn't have that ability to meet him in the US, He's coming to Hong Kong. I'm going to be here. Go to the event. He's not coming to the third day of the event. So I'm waiting. Day one, day two, day three. I finally get the opportunity to meet him, introduce myself to him, take a picture of him. Now, everything that I do has a particular and a specific intent and purpose. When I took a picture with him, that's for later on, once this, once this event is over and I send it to his environment, he's going to remember who it is that he met. If I just say Solomon Cutler, who's that? 
But if you see a picture of me and you, it's going to tell your memory. You're going to know exactly who I was, where I was when you met me. So that was a specific intent. So I got a picture with him, got his personal information. For a period of 12 months, I emailed him. I sent him postage letters, tried to contact his business. I did everything possible. I friended him on, on, on Facebook. I followed him on Instagram. I did everything possible to try to get his attention. At the end of 12 months, I get mail and email. We would like to move forward with you if you can tell us more about your vision. Briefly, my vision is to create a unique product that continues, inspires the self-help community worldwide. I understand that, easy. So then we start going through the forms, we start going through the paperwork, we start going through the infancy of our relationship. Understanding I wanted somebody that was smarter than me, someone that knew more than me, someone that would mentor me, and someone that was out of my stratosphere. So this year, April 24th, 2020, we signed an agreement on how he's gonna help me launch my do-it-yourself self-awareness seminar. So that takes place because of diligence, refusing to give up, being aware of who it is that you targeted that you wanted to work with and understanding why you want to work with him and then respecting the environment that you're going into. And if we do those same principles over and over and over and over and over, ultimately, we're going to get the same results. We have to because I came from nothing. So you say, well, there's something about you. No, anybody can send an email. There's something special about you. No, you can send a mail. There's something special about you. No, you can make phone calls. It just depends on how many times it takes for someone to say no to you before you give up. Mm. And since giving up is not in my framework, it don't matter. If he wouldn't have said it, I would still be emailing him and contacting him to this day. So we signed the agreement April 24, 2020 to launch the program. We went live a couple of weeks ago on our test funnel and starting drip feed what the story is about the relationship that started and then where it's going to go. That's how it happened. Dude, man, you know, um, some would hear that story and say, man, how did you keep going? And, you know, earlier throughout this whole conversation, we even touched on, you know, nobody can measure, or, or I said nobody can measure, but nobody could put a value on your hustle, on your ambition, on your, on your drive to actually see ideas through. But, I mean, man, being able to do it has to be priceless. To a degree, right? I mean, because yes, there is a price tag, I'm sure. Oh, oh yeah, that actual deal is worth, right? <laughs> but, but I mean, where it's gonna go is just, is just unknown, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. But the other thing is that you just figure you're sending emails and you're not getting nothing back, right? Was my email going to spam? If my email's going to trash, or somebody right. reading it and just delete it? I don't know. I don't have that access to that information. But what I do have access to and what I do have power over is to send another email. That power I have. And so I didn't relinquish that power. I maintained that power. I maintained that motivation and dedication because over 10 years ago, I said, I'm going to work with him. And because we say something, I mean, nothing. We have to put the action to what we say. If not, we just talk you. Or as we used to say, is he's blowing smoke and ain't nothing going to happen. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I had intention and willful purpose to meet him. I had to. Why? Because I said I was going to. And then I took action on how I would. And I watched where he was going through the internet. And I clicked one day, he's going to Hong Kong? 
It don't matter where he's going. He's going to a private dinner. He's going to a private party. He's going to be on a yacht. It don't matter. If he came here, I was going to meet him. And I did. And April 24th, he signed a contract this year. Man, that's phenomenal, man. That's phenomenal. I mean, like, that right there is just a story that if we wanted to kind of just stop right there, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. But but, but I, I know that you aren't done yet, though, man. So Hold tell up. us more about where this actual project is going then. Because now you're partnered up with uh, a straight beast, right? You got a straight You got a straight beast that you're kind of running with right now, man. I mean, what's next for the project, man? Oh, the project. Okay, so look, part of our agreement was that uh, Kevin Harrington would produce a uh, third-party endorsement video for me. Mm -hmm. So the thing behind the value of that is that I can tell you I got a great product. And you might say, after listening to me tell you about it, yeah, that don't sound too bad. But if I tell you Kevin Harrington believed in the vision enough to endorse it, you're going to pay a little bit closer attention. To what the words are that's coming out of my mouth. So the thing is, is that the part of the humility shoots you at a higher level, reaching a greater atmosphere. Why? Because your humility puts you in a place in a position where you're willing to listen and learn and find someone smarter than you. Therefore, if you're able to acquire that relationship and feel some value into it through actions of humility, it's going to shoot you out of this atmosphere. But the whole point was catching somebody that was already out of your stratosphere. It's one thing that we work with people that are in our own circle, but how about somebody's gonna take me to the next level? Sometimes the people that are just in your circle, they can't take you to the next level. They can only keep you inside of that circle. But if you wanna get to another circle or a higher level, you have to look to work with somebody that's at that level. So with this, we're gonna go big, we're gonna go wide, we're gonna go large, we're gonna go to every English speaking country and we're gonna tell them about this product. And so we're looking still to be able to build that relationship also into India, which people are overlooking, but they're an English speaker and they love people over there already working and developing those relationships. After this, what we're going to do, 18 months, we're going to turn it into the next most popular language in the world, which is Spanish. And we're going to continue to build that relationship and basically do the same thing, repackage it and then present it in Spanish. After that, every year, we're gonna host a PACE program getaway, where they're gonna come to Bali, that they're gonna pay for, and they're gonna come to Bali, and we're just gonna talk about fine tuning, honing your skills, and being able to present the best product possible so you can change and impact people's life in a positive way. That's man, where we're going. Man, so worldwide vision already. Oh yeah. I mean, global yes. perspective is already coming through here on this one. Yes. Let me ask you a question I'm really curious about. Um, why not just keep it with something that was that was like, you know, in, like easy to kind of grab and just kind of jump into, like keep it in Hong Kong, keep it stateside because you got tons of relationships here. Like, why not just, 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 just keep it with that? You ask and answer your own question. Why keep it easy? <laughs> I ain't never had easy my whole life. <laughs> Why go into a place where I never known? I can't go easy. I don't know easy. But the whole thing is, is that I did this program in the U.S. in addition to the other business that I was doing. And we got grants to get people, to get governments to pay for individuals that couldn't pay for the program, but they were still able to go through it. 
And so I have been doing this for over 10 years. And so it's not just a do-it-yourself seminar, yeah. it's a business. And so I teach them how to host a seminar. I give them inclusive details of everything that you need to do in order to host a seminar and also to keep your seminars packed. If they work the plan that I give them, if they choose their clients, participants, the price that I choose, that I tell them, they could make $100,000 a year working three weeks a year. So no, it's not easy money. No, it's not fast money. No, it's not quick money, but it's a sustaining way to be able to grow your business to $100,000 a year. Working three weeks out of the year, using the fourth week of every month as admin. Man, so you know, um, the reason why this is, it seems so timely to me is the fact that personal branding has never been stronger. Like sure. what, what you do um, as a person and the work that you, and the businesses that you build up behind you um, is just the wave. I mean, I think people are gonna look for people first and then right. they look at logos and other things that are going on, right? Oh but, yeah, oh yeah. But people wanna know what people's values are. They wanna know where, where people stand and they wanna know who they're truly lining themselves up with which makes sense for today's time because there's so much more information. Why not go figure out exactly what you're doing? Whereas before these things were like, you know, behind the actual uh, still curtain, you know, as they say. <laughs> but the thing is, is that dollars are not going as far as they used to go. And so people want to do their, do their research behind the scene and say, hey, are you legitimate? Can you deliver? But the next part of the marketing strategy is, or I'm going to give away one day for free. So the, the product is broken up into three phases. So there's awareness that's in four mod, uh, it's three modules, but each one has four days. There's awareness, change, and evolve. And each module has four days. What I'm gonna end up doing as we go forward, I'm gonna give away one free day. Because the way it's set up is you can buy the whole module for $699 each module, the, the awareness, change, or evolve, or you can buy all three for $1699. As we move forward, to let people know where my heart is, where my belief is, and where my strength is, I'm gonna give them one day, one day of the product. So that's $175. I'm gonna give away and tell them how to utilize the product, how to develop that product, how to run their seminar, how to host their seminar, how to treat their people, and everything they need to do inside of the seminar. Not so they'll come back and buy, but so they'll be convinced that they're buying a quality product. Mm -hmm. Give them like a little it. taste first, right? Give them a little taste hey, of what it is. Yeah. Hey, if you like this, go ahead and buy. If you don't like it, just throw it away. I ain't mad. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Man, man, you know, um, I think this is gonna be phenomenal, man. Especially I think I think the conferences are going to be um once they come back. I mean, obviously everything's on hold for a second, but right. I don't think they're gonna go anywhere. I think people no. people are gonna be craving to be around people more and more. And oh, yeah. as 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 digitally based as everyone is right now, I think the basics are gonna get right back to it as soon as they have an opportunity to, man. But understand also, this business of yes. self-awareness, self-help industry, it's a $13 billion a year industry coming in 2023. Wow. 2023. So that means that these speakers that are out there, they make over, they make less than $2 million of that pie. The rest of the pie is split up in audiobooks, audio seminars, webinars, uh, training programs, and every other thing you can imagine. $13 billion a year. So even if you're not a speaker, you would be inclined to at least say, I speak English intelligently. 
yeah. I have the ability to learn a program that could put me in a position to take a larger piece of that pie. Because the pie is out there, but are we willing to invest in ourselves? And also, are we willing to put ourselves in a position to where we can succeed? That's what do you think is growing just the way, you know, at that rate? 13 billion is a huge, I mean, come on, man, that's major. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, why do you think it's like growing at the pace that it is? Because you said about 2023, I believe. Yeah. Listen, the thing is, is that what's missing in a lot of different countries, it doesn't matter what country, it doesn't yeah. matter the US with the horrific scenes that we see on the news, it doesn't matter what's going on in the Philippines, it doesn't matter what's going on in Korea, it doesn't matter what's going on um, any place of the world. There's one single aspect that's missing, and that's hope. And if you look at the program and you look at the different dynamics and the components of it, what we do is we build up hope in the individual, not in the government, not in the person, not in the president, not in the organization. We build up hope in the person in themselves. And so that changes everything. And if you look at all these other individuals that's out there that's doing it or has been doing it for years, their numbers are phenomenal and it's staggering. That's why I don't see why wouldn't more people at least want to put their feet in water at least to see, hey, is it worth it? But 13 billion dollars and it's not like that's all in one area they host seminars everywhere around the world so how come people don't invest in themselves and say let me get the training let me get the tools let me get the necessary skill set in order to deliver a program let me level the playing field so i can get a piece of this especially if you're already a business coach a leadership coach a keynote speaker a motivational speaker an aspiring leader the product is developed for them. It's developed for them. No, no. I mean, it, it, it makes too much sense, man. I mean, the, the, but the amount of the amount of things that people are going to need to actually do, right? Because right. if we're talking about like personal branding, right? So, like, uh -huh. there's very few places that you can monetize your personal brand off of. But once you look at self-help, that's a that's a direct correlation, man. Like. Yeah. Like it's difficult to actually talk about being a straight leader, a straight healthy leader anyway, if you're right. not playing in that space. Like, like what are you exactly. leading people to? Like, how are you building them up if you don't have that piece of that, of that puzzle in it, right? It's true, it's true. Because the thing is, that's what people are looking for. But the thing is, is that that only is a piece of it. So they go to a two day conference and they go to the rah, 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 and they're yelling all day and they're jumping around and we believe, we believe, we believe. But then once they leave there, all it was is a quick fix. But then if you're giving them something tangible that tells them, why are you the way you are? What brought you to the point you are? Who were the influencers in your life that caused you to think this way? And as it segues into change, it asks, what are you willing to change upon your life that will enhance your relationships, that will help you be a better person, that will inter help you to interact with people differently, that will help you to see the world differently? If they say, I'm willing to change, well, you're in the right place, in the right position. All you got to do is go through the tools that's being presented to you and then utilize them. Yeah, 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 man. No, no, I mean, trust me. I'm I'm really with you on this and I'm really glad that you brought that up too because that's one of the downfalls about about that industry is that people view it as the raw, raw and then I exactly. go home, give me 48 hours, I forgot, you know, exactly. or, or I go home, I hit this hurdle and then I, I just like, oh man, now I'm, I'm kind of like crushed again, right? Off the wagon, right? right? I'm right. defeated. 
But what what you're doing is a little bit different from what I understand, because it seems like you guys are kind of walking with them a little bit more, not so much just a one day event or like a two day event, if you don't mind breaking into it. This is a comprehensive program. So if you look at it, you have four days and an average each day is six and a half hours. So the way this is scheduled for you to do it is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, and then that's your awareness. An average of six and a half days, six and a half hours in four days. That's wow. huge. You tune them into understanding about the awareness component. And you start those next four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the following week. And then you go into change. Now, if you did your job right, delivering the, the information with the awareness, they're on you with the change. And then the questions that you're asking them, are you willing to make a change? Or what excuses will you give because you're not finding a change? Which directs it back to them, which means I need to go 100% into this to get what it is that I want. Then you're going another four days with them. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, evolve. Another average six and a half hours each day. Each day. And asking them, as you come to the understanding, how will you change and evolve into the leader that you were meant to be? What will you commit to giving back? Niceness to everyone you meet, friendly to your family, yeah. throwing away those arguments that didn't mean anything in the first place. What will you do? You donate some time to the local boys and girls club. You donate some time to an NGO. Will you donate time to a soup kitchen? Will you go visit elderly? What will you do? You have something and we all have that ability in us, but guess what? We're not committed to doing it. Why? Because it's me, myself, and I. But once you change that ability and they get the taste of going to an elderly home, a youth center, a soup kitchen, something clicks and they begin to see. And that's one of the experiential exercises that they do in the training as well. They go to one of those places. I love that, yeah, yeah. And there is something about giving, man. Giving uh, gives you a totally different perspective of life. Um, always humbling, always yes. um, sobering. If you're ever at a place where you're like, man, woe is me or why me type of, type of oh, setups, yeah. you start oh, giving, yeah. man, it starts to change how you view that, view your own lifestyle, right? It's true. Well, because, yeah. you know, we operate out of two buckets. We either operate out of abundance yeah. or we operate out of scarcity. 100%. We operate out of scarcity. I can't give it to you because I need this for me. Mm -hmm. We operate out of abundance. What do you need that I can do for you? How much can I give you to help you and change what it is that you're going through? It just depends on which bucket are we operating out of, scarcity or abundance. And that applies to everything in our giving, in our loving, and our friendliness and everything it is that we do. We operate out of those buckets. It's not just about money. It's about you as a person and how you feel. Can I love somebody? Can I give something to someone who can't do nothing for me? Can I be friendly to the garbage man? Can I be friendly to the gardener? Can I be friendly to the security guard? You can't do nothing for me. But can you still greet him with a hello and a smile? Of course you can. But we choose who it is that we will distribute this to. Why? Because we operate out of scarcity, we operate out of abundance. That's it. That's what we operate. We move and act from where we are. Mm -hmm. It's true. 
No, no, it is truth, man. I mean, I'm just sitting here just kind of taking it in, man, because it's either hot or cold. There isn't too much gray when it comes to that, man. Oh, no. Either the whole <laughs> lights are on or they're off, you know? Period. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I'm, I mean, so, yeah. I was going to say, as we get ready, just to really wrap up, man, um, you know, I, I got to be selfish towards then here. You know, I, oh. I was kind of telling you about this earlier. Like, I'm impressed with the fact that you're raising your daughters in a different country. And sure. just the amount of, um, it's, I mean, I've never met them, but just from, it seems like the amount of confidence that they're able to kind of move with throughout that. Do you mind pressing in a little bit to your whole parent? I don't know. I don't know. I love my daughters. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. Uh, these guys are going to turn it upside down. You think I'm all the same? <laughs> Wait till these guys come along. Okay, so listen. Right now, they're uh, 15 and yeah. 13 years old. When they came here, they spoke very broken Chinese because they were so young when they came here seven years ago. Since they've been here, uh, they have studied, have been disciplined. Of course, I help them as far as managing their time. I don't help them with the Chinese. But now they speak Mandarin, mm. Cantonese, they read it, and they write it. Mm. And they don't go to an international school. They go to a regular public Chinese school. Not because that we can't afford the international school or the adventure, but because there's a huge value and significance in being able to understand the culture, understand the ability to obtain those linguistic skills, and to utilize them every single day. Right on. So for these guys, their transition was huge, and their transition was smooth. We never told them it was going to be difficult. Only we told them is, you got to do it. They said, but it's hard. I understand but you have to do it. And by having that mindset that they had to do it and there was no excuses that they could actually use, guess what? They did it. And their academics is at the same place as their peers. And I don't know how much you're aware of how competitive it is in the Asian countries and Singapore and Thailand and Hong Kong. It's extremely competitive. It's a, so there's a good and a bad to that. They also have a problem here with teenage suicide mm. because the parents don't manage their stress and they don't manage the happiness and the ability for their children to come down peacefully. So this is what I do and the tactics that my wife utilize is that we say, listen, you're studying for yourself. I reward you based on your study habits, not on your final grade. The final grade is for you. The study habits are for me. So all I do is I push them and I manage their study habits. What they get on a test, that's up to you. You got to live with that. That don't have nothing to do with me. You went to school, you sat down, you took the test. So you don't get a reward for how, what your final grade is. You get a reward for me based on your effort that you put forth before you took the test. And that's how we look at it. That's how we do it. And it's been extremely successful. You know, read, write, speak. Two different, two different, uh, two different styles of Chinese. You know, two different dialects. Chinese is difficult. And yeah. then they read it and then they write it. These guys, they got, they got my problems. Man, 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 just like tons of respect for that, man, because you're absolutely right. It's one of the most challenging languages to actually learn. Like, if you thought that picking up French or Spanish was a problem, <laughs> trying to try to dibble and dabble and like Mandarin is a whole different ball game, man. I mean, I mean, man, but you know, um, I, I don't want to zoom past this because I, I think what you said is important. The piece about managing 
their activities. Yes. And really trying to create that discipline habit and not just being caught up in like, oh, how much money do we make? What's the actual grade? You know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, cause those are all like byproducts of the other exactly. stuff. That, exactly. that like truly has to go into it. So I thought that was a great point. I wanted to make sure we highlight that. And when I say the reward, the reward might be a treat out to go eat or the treat out to do this. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have any money coming to you or extended to you unless for a particular reason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you don't have to worry about that coming. But like I was saying, it's bigger for us yeah. that they understand the process of committing to the study habits, yeah. the discipline, and the applying themselves for the tests. The results, it's indicative of the amount of time and effort that you put into the study habits. So we monitor, we manage the study habits, taking a test and the result. It's up to you. You got to own that habit. Well, you know, and, and I'm just thinking about it from like all the straight business owners out there, all the leaders out there who might be listening is one of those things that sometimes as leaders, we get caught up in, okay, how much did you sell? You know, what's that bottom line number, right? Mm-hmm. How profitable is it? Okay, great. And those are important factors, right? Nobody's trying to over <laughs> sales or overlook how profitable you are as, as a straight entity, but more so, what are your employees or what are you doing on a day-to-day basis to ensure that outcome that you want you know you know and and like oh, yeah. and and to me like that's the real goal in it right because sometimes you might luck up you might just run into like a really hot deal you might just do something once or twice but and that's just like a flash in the pan type of moment yeah. i've had those happen you oh, yeah. know i mean like, oh man i, I just straight killed to this <laughs> Of course, no quarter or whatever. Yeah, but 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 if you don't have the habits or the discipline uh-huh. or the character uh-huh. developed to actually carry through week right. in, day in, year in, uh-huh. out, uh-huh. it's lost, man. It's, it's lost, true. right? Yeah. It's true. But the other thing is that being able to have that balance and understanding what's important. Yes. So I can go over here and make this deal and it's worth fifty thousand dollars. That's good. But yeah. my daughter wants me here to help her with calculus. Mm. Well, what am I gonna do? course i'm gonna come back and help with calculus and if i could schedule that till another time then let's do it mm-hmm. can't schedule it then i apologize if i can be able to be there and have another commitment not that's more important than yours but it's just necessary that i'm there and so if she needs me over a business transaction if the business is good and the business is going to be there we can do it tomorrow nothing's changed so for me there's a unique balance that we addressed personally and that have readdressed now that there's a unique balance of being able to do this the right way and the thing is is that i run the home like i run my business so when we first and i'll share this with you when we first came here for the first two and a half three years we had a live-in maid i didn't grow up like that of course and i'm never comfortable with somebody living in the house except for the family sure but what i started to see what i started to smell sounded a little bit and smelled a little bit like entitlement Mm. and i'm not having that and so after many conversations with my wife of course a lot of resistance for the girls there's a clear direction that we had to go and that was the maid had to go not that she wasn't important not that she didn't provide excellent service to the family but she was creating a culture i could not live with and that was entitlement and so many times with people that have kids that grew up in that environment it's entitlement that they grow up with. And you see that a lot here. 
And that's not because I'm so special. It's just because that now I have that ability to be able to provide my children with different things that I didn't have and they misunderstood and they thought the maid was here for their services, but the maid was here for my services. And so therefore, after that, no more maid. Yeah. So that means what? They got to wash dishes, they got to clean the shower, they got to sweep the floor, they got to make their own bed. They got to do stuff they should have been doing in the first place because that begins to build some resolute as far as to their character. And it also builds the ability for them to appreciate what's done for them. And by keeping the maid here, it would have destroyed that. And the attitude and the mentality would have been different once they went somewhere else. So. It's true, man. It's true, man. You know what? Honestly, man, I think you just, you have dropped enough nuggets, man, <laughs> for, for like people to look at themselves from like a 360 point of view, though. Like, you know, you have to. It is like, it is like one thing just to be great at business. It's one thing to be like a great father, which I think is probably the most important job that anybody could pick Without up, a doubt. right? Um, and, and, and then it's great to, you know, just be like a straight, good, selfishly person. Right. But putting them all into the mix, bro. That's what I, that's what I just honestly, I respect that the most, man. So uh, you know, I appreciate it. It's work. It's work. It ain't easy. So if somebody's looking at this side and say, oh, that's easy. Da, 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 da. No, yeah. no, 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 no. That's work. <laughs> and it's everyday work. But just being consistent and willing to work at it every single day. It's not like something's going to just get done. And it's just like business. I mean, at times you have to be there and things have to get done. At home, you have to wash the dishes and you have to clean the bathroom. Mm -hmm. There's no answer what's about it. So in that degree, it is my way. <laughs> and there's no other way. Uh -uh. So I mean, you know, it's just, it's just different things that we have to inset inside the character. So they have an understanding, they have a ability of appreciation and they know that these things that they have, everybody doesn't have it like that, you know? I mean, they went to their friend's house. They see what their friend house looks like. They see what their house looks like. And so you have to be aware that someone's working hard when you're sleeping. Someone's traveling back and forth to China while you're sleeping. Somebody's going all over the place to make sure things take place. But at this young of an age and them not understanding or having that struggle, they don't know what that is. Right. I'm completely happy with that. At the same time, I'm happy to be able to teach them that it's important to appreciate what you have. Solomon, man. I mean, like, seriously, man, I want to have you come back so we can press into more ongoing points, man. I mean, because, like, what you're doing, keep up the pace, man. I mean, like, I even like that whole, that whole flow, man. It just, it's just, it just makes sense, <laughs> right? I mean, but I want to keep, I want to keep this whole conversation going back and forth, but please tell the audience, though, how to find you, though, man. That's crucial. Okay, so my name is Solomon Cutler, just like it's spelled in the Bible, Solomon Cutler. And then our website for our product is www.stepupthepace.com. You can go to the website, you can check out the products. And like I said, you can get in there and you can try the product right now for $1 and you can see what it's like. If you don't like it in three days, you cancel it, you get your money back. But I guarantee no one will purchase this and not be happy. And if you are unhappy, you can have your dollar back. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't holding on about his dollar. <laughs> nah, man, no way, no way. I mean, I mean, look, and, and you know, honestly, I even think about it like this: if you're if you're looking for something and you're willing to make that first step for yourself, that obviously says that there's a need that you obviously are conscious of, right? I mean, oh, so right. I mean, like, I think it speaks volumes that you're willing to kind of do that and let. But people the thing is, is that. When I talk about, you know, investing in ourselves or investing in ourselves, we're talking about 
$175. Yeah. We're talking about being able to put somebody into a seminar. If you put two people into the seminar, you've already made your money back. So you're at no loss. You're at zero loss. So with this program, you can get a huge return on your investment, barely putting in any money. So you don't even have to work that hard and get your money back. So really, when people say they don't have a, a seminar, they don't have a self-awareness seminar, they don't have this component inside their business, I said, well, you can do it, and it only costs you this. So there's no reason for someone legitimately to say, I don't need it, if they don't have it. So right. awesome. Dude, I love it, man. Solomon, man, please, you guys got to go check out his actual website, check out his actual program. I think it's needed for so many of, of us entrepreneurs out there. I think it's kind of ridiculous, honestly, for us to build a personal brand and, you know, take time away, honestly, from our businesses if if we're not going to try to build it out fully, right? And, it's true. And, you know, if we call ourselves leaders, then who the hell are you? Who the hell is really trying to follow you? Like, Sorry. ask yourself that question. I mean, are, true. are you just throwing out titles just because you got the title, right? Or yeah, do you really yeah. get an actual following behind you? So, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's true. That's true. A lot of times people got titles that they're the CEO or they're the founder and this and that. And let me tell you, if you're a CEO, that means that you know how to give to somebody else. You know how to lead by example. You know how to provide for others who don't have a way. You know to help and pull people up inside the game. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, it is a game it is a hustle but it's legal it's legitimate and how do you do it and how do you work it leaders lead leaders lead by example leaders lead by example opportunities don't knock when it's convenient you have to position it in a place where you can take advantage of that's the perfect way just for us to wrap it up solomon because <laughs>